This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, when Alyssa went off to college, I, I gave her some heartfelt and pretty transparent advice. I said to her, Alyssa, if you're in one of your classes and you're having difficulty, what I encourage you to do is go to your professor and ask for help sooner rather than later. And, and here's where the transparent part came in. I, I said to her, Alyssa, I'll be honest, I didn't always do that. I didn't always go and ask for help when I needed it. Maybe I was too proud, and, and I know there were times where I was too afraid, but I just want to encourage you, if you need help, go and ask for it sooner rather than later. How are you when it comes to asking for help? Today, we're going to be concluding our series on the study of the, the book of First Peter, the study that we've been calling The Way of the Exiles. And, and this, this study has been great for us because this study is written to people who are like in a pre-Christian world and a, a post-Christian world, and that's us. And, and Peter's messages, as we just kind of reviewed to, to catch ourselves up to today, were pretty clear. He said, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstance is, Remember, Jesus is your living hope, okay? Jesus isn't just wishful thinking. Jesus isn't false hope. Jesus is alive. He is living hope for you. And Peter went on and said, now remember, no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstances are, do good. And then the, the next time we got together, we looked at it again. And, and Peter was saying, no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstances are, suffer well. Trace your life over the life of Jesus. And, and then last week, Pastor Ben took us into the scriptures and, and showed us from Peter again that no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstances are, be sure you share the hope that you have in Jesus with your family and with your friends. And today, as we make one last dive into the book of 1 Peter, Peter, at the direction of the Holy Spirit, gives this sage, wise advice and counsel and direction for our lives when we need help. So let's check it out. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. How would you rate your level of anxiety right now on a scale of one to 10? As, as we're looking at, at this scale one to 10, one is low and 10 is high, okay? And let's just be honest, right over the last three, three and a half weeks or so, our anxiety levels have moved up that scale, right? Because the pandemic has affected all of us in one way, shape or another. And, and so we have some really anxious thoughts. For some of us, we're, we're saying, I'm anxious about whether I can really do quality work at home uh, like I do in the work environment. Others of us, we're, we're anxious. We're like, I'm anxious about getting my hours cut or even losing my job altogether. 
And some of us are anxious right now because I have lost my job. How am I going to find a job in this environment right now? Some of us were, were anxious about homeschooling. Go, I, don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't want my kids to fall behind. Some of us, we get anxious just thinking about going to the grocery store, right? Am I going to be able to find all the products that I need? Is there going to be a whole lot of people there? And some of us, right, probably all of us were, were anxious. Am I going to get the coronavirus? And some of us were anxious. We're thinking, you know, do I have the coronavirus? But it's in such a mild form that no one really knows. But I'm going to end up passing it to a family member or friend and they might get really sick or even worse. Yeah. There are a lot of I statements going on today, right? Peter, the disciple, the, the author of this book, he knows all about the I statements too. He had a, he had a bunch of I statements in his life too. Like when uh, he saw Jesus walking on the water one night, he's like, Jesus, hey, can, can I do that? Can I do that? Then there was another time when Peter was with the disciples in a boat. It was late at night. Jesus was with them too, but he was sleeping. And then suddenly a storm came up and the storm threatened to literally flip the boat over. And Peter's like, Jesus, don't you care if I drown? And then there was the time where Jesus instructed Peter and his disciples to feed the great crowd that had been following around Jesus, listening to him teach. There was like 5,000 people there. And Peter and the disciples, they went through the crowd looking for food and, and they really didn't come up with much at all. And, and Peter comes back to Jesus and goes, I don't think we have enough food or money to take care of all these people. Then there was the time when the disciples were bickering and arguing back and forth with one another about who the greatest of them was. And I guarantee you, Peter's like, yeah, I am, yeah. And then there's Monday, Thursday. Do you remember that? When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room and Jesus went around and he was washing the disciples' feet. And, and when he gets to Peter, Peter's like, uh-uh, I'm not gonna let you do that. And then later that, that same night, Jesus told his disciples, all of you are gonna be scattered because of me. And Peter responded, even if everyone else falls away, I never will. And then just a few hours later, when Peter was being interrogated about his relationship with Jesus, Peter boldly says, I don't know him. Yeah, Peter knows all about I statements. What are some of the other I statements that are rolling around in your head right now? Maybe it's like, I don't know what to do. I can't handle this. I'm not enough. I'm so stressed. I'm upset. I wish this would just all go away. I don't know what I would do if that happened. I, 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 I. We're living in the kingdom of I. And when we're living in the kingdom of I, there is high anxiety because we are carrying on like the weight of the world, the weight that we were never meant to carry in the first place. 
One of the ways that we could frame the, the kingdom of I is just by calling it ego, right? Edging God out. Now, here's something that maybe you haven't thought about before. But you know, if you, if you look at anxiety, if you look at the word anxiety, you can't spell it without the letter I. And I is right in the middle of anxiety, okay? I. Uh, another word that has I right in the middle of it is pride. I want it to be all about me. It is all about me. I want to be in control. Another word that you can't spell without I is sin. And another word is guilt. I is right at the center of all those words. I is at the center of all of our problems. I is at the center of all of our problems because we have an enemy. The scripture says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have this I problem because we have an enemy who's our adversary, who's our accuser, uh, who goes around like a lion and he's roaring at us. And you know what he roars? The lion roars lies to you and me. The lion is a lying to you and me. And one of the things that lion tries to get us to do, our enemy tries to get us to do is to take on the weight of the world, take on things that we're not supposed to take on. And then when we do that, he usually takes us down one of two roads. One, he goes, see, you got this. You don't need God. And he leads us to edge God out. The other thing that he does when we've got on all this weight is he comes to us and he pummels us. And he goes, see, you can't handle it. You're no good. It's really just a half-truth, isn't it? Because no, we can't handle the weight of the world, but no, we were never supposed to handle the weight of the world. So what are we to do? We're to live in the kingdom of Jesus instead of the kingdom of I. And how do we do that? The scripture says this, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Peter says to, to you and me, humble yourselves. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how much money you make. doesn't matter how many degrees you have. Humble yourselves before God. Anne Lamont, a, a novelist and speaker, she has this great quote, what I think is a great quote about the difference between God and us. She, she asked the question, what's the difference between God and me? And she answers that God never thinks he's me. Living in the kingdom of Jesus instead of the kingdom of I. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. Hmm? Do you know about that mighty hand? That mighty hand is, is the hand when the children of Israel, when they left Egypt and, and they were going across the desert, all of a sudden the seas in front of them and their enemies behind them. 
They're kind of trapped, right? Well, that mighty hand of God is the hand that separated the sea so the children of Israel were able to walk through on dry ground. In Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. Do you see where you're at? No matter how strong you are or how weak you are, no matter how old or how young, how wealthy or how poor, you are in the hands of God close to his heart. Those mighty hands are the hands of protection. I wonder, do you know about those mighty hands? Remember when Jesus told Peter and the other disciples to go and, and feed the 5,000, right? And, and they came back and they said, we found two fish and, and five loaves of bread. Remember what Jesus did? He lifted up his hands in prayer. And the next thing you know, the disciples are out being waiters, handing food to one group after another, after another, after another. There's so much food there. There's actually 12 baskets full of food left over after the 5,000 plus had something to eat. You see, those, those mighty hands are God's hands of generous provision. God's not skimpy. He's generous in providing for you and me. I wonder... Do you know about those mighty hands? Those mighty hands of God are the hands of Jesus where he reached down and grabbed up all your sin and all my sin, all the sin of the world, and then stretched them out on the cross and paid for all of our sins. And so when our enemy, the accuser, comes and tells us that we're no good, that, that we're lost, Jesus goes, I've got all your sins. I've paid for them in full. God's mighty hand is the hand of the plan of your salvation. Living in the kingdom of Jesus. It's about humbling ourselves. This is, this is what the verses say. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, period. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I want you to know that that's actually a misrepresentation of what the original says, okay? The original says this, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, comma, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So humbling yourself looks like casting all, not some, all of your anxiety on him. You see, in these words, humble is the command, not casting, okay? And so we humble ourselves by casting all of our anxiety all of our pride, all of our sin, all of our guilt on Jesus. And when we do that, you know what? We go from edging God out of our lives to exalting God only in our lives. And here's one way we can do that. We can pray. 
See, today is, is Palm Sunday, and maybe some of you will remember that on Palm Sunday, that's when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that donkey. Well, the disciples had to prepare that colt for Jesus to ride on. And, and one of the translations says that they, the disciples cast all of their cloaks onto that donkey to prepare it for Jesus to ride on it. You see, the word casting means to intentionally relocate one object to another. And so the disciples took off their coats. They relocated them on to the cult. And so as we look at casting our anxiety on Jesus because he cares for us, what it means is we take off our anxieties and we relocate them on to Jesus in prayer. Okay? And so as we think about prayer, maybe, maybe our prayer is, is simply something like this. It, it might go, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's coming next. But I know that you've promised to always be with me and that you work through all things for the good of your kingdom. And so, Lord, I'm trusting you. Help me to humbly trust you to provide for me, to protect me, and to make this all work out for good. Did you ever have a teacher in school who said to you, you know, if you ever have any problems with your assignment, just come on up to my desk and I'll help you out. Well, I want you to know that you have a teacher, your savior, who says to you, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In the book, Dance of Hope, one of the chores an 11-year-old build had was to go throughout the property and look for the pine tree stumps uh, from where the pine trees had been cut down. And then he was to remove those stumps and cut them into kindling wood for the fireplace and the wood-burning stove. Well, one afternoon, Bill found this pretty large stump and he went to remove it. And I don't know if you've ever removed a tree stump or not, but I've removed a, a few in my life. And, and what you do is, is you rock it back and forth and you push it side to side. You're trying to get an angle on it enough so you can use an ax to, to cut the roots. And, and Bill, 11-year-old Bill, was just rocking this stump back and forth and side to side. He worked at it for hours. He gave it all his might, all his strength. And it, it just really wasn't budging a lot for him. And he was just so exhausted. He was filled, he was wet with sweat and, and dirt had gone to mud on his arms and his shirt and his shorts and everything. And, and later that afternoon, his, his father saw him and went out to him and said, Bill, I think I, I know what your problem is. And he said, what is it, dad? And he said, uh, Bill, you're not using all your strength. Bill was so irate. He, 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 he burst into tears. He had been working for hours doing everything he could. And he just lamented, Dad, what do you mean I'm not using all my strength? And his dad said, Bill, you're not using all your strength because you haven't asked me to help you. Friends, ask God to help you. That's your take home. Pray 
to God. And this is what will happen. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, sometimes, to be honest, we just forget about you. And so we don't pray. And other times we, we just have this voice, I know I should pray, I know I should pray, but, but we don't get around to it. It's like we, we don't think it's really gonna make a difference. But this is what you've promised in your word. And so help us to take this promise home. So the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so Lord God, we pray to you right now today. We pray to you to remove our doubts, our, our fears, our anxiety, and to replace those things with faith, with trust, with love, with hope. Because in Jesus, we all do have living hope. So we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com. Come.